You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Is the ISIS narrative losing some charm as it comes up against actuality? European governments show double-mindedness over privacy and surveillance. Malware authors make their products warier and more evasive. WordPress-based ransomware campaigns continue unabated. And just because you wear a white hat doesn't mean the law will necessarily recognize you as a good guy. This is John Petrick, the CyberWire's editor, here in Baltimore, filling in for Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Daily Podcast for Friday, February 5th, 2016. Reports from U.S. intelligence sources suggest a weakening of ISIS in its core territories. The causes of such weakening, if real, are complex. They may include competition from a resurgent al-Qaeda, particularly in the Sahel and Afghanistan, an ISIS pivot to operations in Libya, encouragement of international recruits to stay home and work terror there, and simple combat attrition. But from the point of view of information operations, perhaps the most encouraging sign to ISIS opponents is a rise in desertions. The realities on the ground are increasingly seen on that ground, as disconnected from the self-proclaimed caliphate's aspirational messaging. Concerns about terrorism, largely centering on ISIS, but extending to other groups as well, continue to prompt governments to push for more comprehensive surveillance powers. Poland has just enacted a law assuming such power, and has done so in explicit response to the rising threat of Islamist radicalization and terrorism. The EU is not happy about the new laws, but Poland is probably more bellwether than outlier in European surveillance policy. The United Kingdom and the United States are in talks about extending the UK's ability to serve wiretap warrants in the US. US officials seem surprisingly receptive to the proposal. Researchers looking into newly evolved strains of malware find that malcoders are paying increasing and increasingly effective attention to evasion and obfuscation. Trustway, for example, describes how the Neutrino exploit kit is now using OS fingerprinting to screen out devices that may be collecting information on the kit for purposes of defense, reverse engineering, and so on. Specifically, Neutrino is parrying Linux machines, which are favorites of security researchers. And Palo Alto Networks describes a new custom backdoor, they're calling it T9000, that's adopted some fairly snazzy anti-analysis techniques. T9000 identifies Palo Alto reports, some 24 security products, and then customizes its installation to evade analysis. T9000 is the latest member of the T5000 malware family, also known as Plat1. 
Its earlier variants have been in use at least since 2013, when Silence reported on its use by what it called Grand Theft Auto Panda. FireEye researchers also found the malware distributed in 2014, and the bait in that case was the disappearance of flight MH370. The ransomware campaign afflicting WordPress sites continues today, and researchers are still trying to get a good handle on its origins and the specific methods of infection it's using. The campaign's motive, however, is quite clear, and that motive is extortion. Victims find themselves enmeshed in Tesla Crip ransomware. So this is probably a good time to revisit the ways in which enterprises can protect themselves against ransomware. Dark Reading offers a convenient summary. Authenticate inbound email, harden your email servers, consider ad blocking, monitor file activity, and have a good, current, sound, and well-exercised response plan in place. We'd add one more to their list, and this works for individuals as well as enterprises. Back up your data. A great deal of ransomware gets its foothold in a device through social engineering. The CyberWire's Dave Bittner spoke earlier this week with the Johns Hopkins University's Joe Carrigan about social engineering. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me is Joe Kerrigan, Senior Security Engineer at the Johns Hopkins Information Security Institute. They're one of our academic and research partners. Joe, it strikes me that no matter the, the amount of automated security we have for our systems, we still have to deal with the issue of the person sitting in front of the machine. Right, the people. They're the weakest link. Sort of defining that, I mean, we talk about, I know this is one of your favorite subjects, social it engineering. Is. Yeah, social engineering is, is fascinating to me. Just the psychology of getting people to tell you information that they're not supposed to tell you. Uh, I have a friend who used to work for uh, a company probably about two decades ago, and their security audit had a very interesting component to it. 
they would call into the company that they were auditing. They would be very honest with the people. They'd say, I'm from company X. I'm contracted with your company, and we're doing a security audit, and I need to know your username and password. <laughs> and that and 25% of the people would tell them their username and password is part of a security audit. Oh, my. Yeah, you just failed the audit. So, um, <laughs> But let's break that down a little. It seems that to be so straightforward as to be almost absurd. But on the other hand, if someone calls and says, I'm, I'm from security, tell me, I, it would be yeah. easy to not think twice about that. Correct. Yeah, people are trusting generally. Uh, and that's what I mean about being fascinated by the, the, the psychological aspect of it. Um, there's another article that I read recently where somebody was saying, why would I spend time and effort reverse engineering someone's password when I can just call into the organization and ask 10 people and one of them will give me the username and password? So how big a threat is this? I mean, is it compared to, uh, you know, like I said, the automated, uh, the automated attacks coming in, uh, how big a component is social engineering? It's a big component because if I can get someone's username and password, I can actually get into the network immediately, uh, without, without any more delay. So it is a, a large portion of where people are focusing now. And there's, some people who, some of whom I've known, uh, who, when I've worked with companies that did security audits, who are very, very good at just talking their way into things or talking people out of things. Uh, they're, they're masters at it. They can, they can, it's almost like a Jedi mind trick. Um, <laughs> so there's, so, it's not, it's, there's an art as well as a science. Absolutely. To it this is a very, well. very much an art. So if I'm a company and I'm trying to protect myself against these kinds of attacks, is it a matter of training my people? What can I do? It is a matter of training your people. Then that's pretty much all you can do because if, uh, if you have people who are giving out username and passwords, that's, that's a real problem. You have to educate everybody that nobody ever needs your password to get your information. It, it's something that nobody ever needs to use. And if, if I'm an administrator of a system, I don't need your password to access your files. I can either get get the access or I can change your password. Joe Kerrigan from Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. We finish with two stories that may be about white hats or black hats. You be the judge. A Drydex botnet is showing some odd behavior. Instead of sticking to its customary last of passing out a banking trojan, the botnet is instead replacing the usual malicious links with an installer for Avira antivirus. Avira is a legitimate security product. Now, whoever is doing this isn't Avira. And Avira also notes that people who've gone to the installer have received a valid signed copy of the antivirus software instead of the malicious trojan. Why this is being done is equally mysterious. It could be a malicious actor seeking to, quote, mess with the heads of security firms, unquote, as the register puts it. But Avira thinks that unlikely. It seems more probable that a white hat vigilante is at work. So nice motive, but as Avira points out, this kind of activity is illegal in an awful lot of jurisdictions. This isn't the first time an Avira installer has replaced a malicious payload. The phenomenon has been observed before with both CryptoLocker and Tesla. And on the subject of well-intentioned but probably illegal behavior, CSO interviews a guy prudently identified only as Seth, who set out to pwn tech support scammers. Seth has set up an old plausible-looking box as his honey trap adjunct. When the scammers call, he pretends to swallow their fish bait, then lets them take over his machine and have their way with it. After some minutes of this, Seth says, I call BS on the guy, and this angers the scammer, who then proceeds to take as much of the bait box's contents as he can scoop up. Some of those contents consist of about two dozen malware samples stored in the documents folder. Seth, of course, doesn't know if his whack back hit the bad guy target, but he seems to have found it a satisfying experience. Again, 
quite likely illegal in many, even most jurisdictions. So kids, really, don't try this at home. You'll break your mother's heart. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.